celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, Judy has booked a big one today. If you've seen the viral videos and pictures of the Penn State squirrel. Um, everybody's seen those. Have you? Have you, I? I haven't till today. Oh have come on, Joey! Have you no, seen I them? Haven't either. You haven't seen them, Taylor? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh! Okay, let's hold up a picture to the microphone so people can see. Oh. See, this lady, Mary, is her name. Mary Krupa, I believe. She dresses up this squirrel, and <laughs> apparently, it's a wild squirrel. It's not a pet squirrel. They rendezvous in the park, yeah. and she puts oh, these little pieces. hats and costumes, and the squirrel just lets her, and she takes lots of pictures. Isn't that unbelievable? Yes, it is. <laughs> She's a squirrel whisperer. She is. And she'll be joining us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, Doc Halligan will be with us. And, oh, good friend, Carolyn Gracie from QVC will be joining us. She is actually, you know, she is responsible for really Animal Radio success. Yes, she is. She helped us get started many, many moons ago. And so she'll be joining us. She's been on QVC now, I'm thinking, 15, no, 10 years, 10 years. Probably, at least. And she, she does the look, coolest job. She does, really. I know. About it. Joey Volani, you had a chance to hang with her on QVC. Do you know, i I, I got to tell you, I got, I got a good Cowan Gracie story here. Okay. When we first came up with our original product, um, the um, waterless shampoo, and QVC rejected it, um, we sent it to her, and she went to them and said, this stuff is fantastic. you got to have it on. So she's the whole reason wow. why that I actually got on QVC in the first place. Yeah, and you should check out the shampoo. It gets blood out of the carpet, and that's going to be important today with your topic. You're talking about floppy ears and... And how to keep blood from getting hematomas. Hematomas, yes. Tammy, what are you working on? Well, I've got a great story about a woman. There, there's nothing going to stop this lady from doing everything she can to find her dog, who's now been missing for a year. Huh. And the amount that she has spent so far, I, it'll blow your mind. And she's not done yet until Havoc is home. Yeah, I don't think there's any amount that I could put on Mm-mm. finding my Mm-mm. animal. Yeah, Me neither. Me neither. But, the, but this figure still, despite that, and we all say that, and we all would do it, I know it, still, this figure, is it, it, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> One of my biggest, biggest wishes in the world right now is that she finds havoc because uh, the love this woman has for this dog is just amazing. That's the name of the dog, Havoc? Havoc. Havoc. <laughs> yep. Havoc. He's a Rottweiler mix, and it was November, I think, 7th. That was one year since he went missing. Um, but wow. Shall I tell you the figure? No, no, no. No, no. We'll, no. Okay. Make, make. we'll, we'll stick around for that. Yeah. Tell us. Tell okay, us. Let, no. let me just no, no, say no. it would make a lovely down payment on a house. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll find out, uh, of course, the house, my little double wide down the street is. <laughs> Killjoy, you guys. I want to know what it is. No, then you no, got to stick, stick around. around for that. That's why we call it a tease here on Animal yes. Radio. Well, great show. Let's talk to you right now, Dr. Debbie, or dog father, Joey Villani, here to answer your questions. And you can actually ask your questions through the Animal Radio app also for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. So either way, if you have questions about your animals, now's the time to do it. Hi, Sherry. Hi. Where are you? Minnesota. Minnesota, where it's got to be snowing by now, huh? No, but it's cold. It's cold. Okay. Well, I I commiserate with you right there. You just say you're from Minnesota. I feel (laughs) this time of year, that's not a place I'd want to be from. But uh, if you love the snow... I know, I hear you. I would love to be like on a tropical island, Hawaii, maybe something. Well, we'll send you our... Las Vegas, you know. Las Vegas with Dr. Deb. What's uh, the temp today? Oh, Oh, we're actually at 81 today. Oh, my. Uh, (laughs) What can I do for you, Sherry? 
Well, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Um, I have a cat, and he's 12 years old. Um, he's um, never had any health problems. He, the only thing he's had is, um, oh, what is the um, urinary stones that the neutered male cats get. Okay. Um, I just mentioned that because it may have something to do with what's happening now. Um, he will be needing... Um, you know, how cats need before they're going to sit down or, and then they turn around in circles and such. And needing dough. He's, he's yeah. making biscuits, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he'll be making biscuits. He'll be doing that. And then it just started recently, and it's not every time, um, but sometimes he'll his back legs will jerk and he'll get a little bit too excited, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, why is this all of a sudden happening? Um, you know, I, I'm never seen him do this before okay uh, you're gonna have to be a little graphic here what is it what exactly is he doing um he's like starting to hump he gets himself all worked up when he's kneading okay. and and this kneading goes on and on and usually he would do it and then sit down but now it lasts way too long and and goes into this humping motion thing and okay. yeah and i wonder if so he's he... okay or if it's something with his urinary and then he'll clean himself, and he'll lay down, and he'll be fine. Okay. I mean, definitely, with the history of having the urinary problem, that would be one of the things I'd look at, because a lot of times, the lower urinary tract, when that starts to give a male cat irritation, they really can have some kind of spasm qualities to the discomfort with that. So um, that would be definitely something I'd want to check out and check a urine sample and maybe even have a catheter placed um, just so we can make sure everything's working through there okay. Um, that is something because- that can happen with male cats that have been neutered. Yeah, you know, and they can sometimes act just kind of uh, over-sexual, um, and that certainly is a possibility. Um, you know, even if the neutering and everything was done right, um, sometimes we can see that behavior, and the excess uh, petting and kind of the excess stimulation, especially if you're touching them on the back and the hindquarters, sometimes that will kind of set this kind of pattern of behavior off. So the best thing is when you start to get to that level of uh, kitty excitement, um, discontinue, stop um, petting. And, um, you know, that will, in most cases, turn that off really before you escalate it to a, like a kind of a really anxious behavior. Um, but just because there is that potential for that urinary problem, uh, some of these boys can really have some weird um, discomfort behaviors, um, you know, with the back end. And I've had some cats where they, you know, can become aggressive, um, you know, if you touch their their flank area up along the, t- the tail or on the spine because they anticipate discomfort. So there are some kind of odd things cats will do if that end of things is it's not feeling really good for them so i would definitely want to check that out well thank you so much i appreciate your time i will he's due to have his shots and everything i will have that i'll mention it to the vet and then um if he's if i pet him when he gets into that thing i'll just discontinue that and and move him off of me or move him off the chair or whatever he happens to be doing it yeah and just and don't tell him I was the one who told told you to get the catheter placed because I don't want to be the bad guy here. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And you enjoy your weather there then. All righty. You have a good cold day there. <laughs> Hi, who's this? Oh, i got to press this button. Why You're just not pressing buttons. Get it together, I know. Hal. Come on, Hal. <laughs> I, need, I need someone to press my buttons for me. Yeah, I'm going to press your buttons. Uh, and this is Sid. Hey, Sid, how are you doing? 
I'm doing good, Hal. Thanks. Where are you calling from today? Actually, Hal, I've been living in Mexico, in uh, Ixtapa, on the Pacific Coast. Ixtapa? Are you an expat? I mean, you yeah, ha- but I'm going to be a return pat here. Oh, <laughs> why is that? Not well, like in Mexico. A long time. What What's wrong with Mexico? Well, you know, especially I came here for my for my dog to have a a, a more freer life from living in uh, Southern California, and um, it's not really that way. They just don't have the signs posted as obviously as they do in the United States. A little different. Well, at least you tried it. You can say you tried it. And exactly. But I'm coming home with some beautiful dogs. The dogs are the, the street dogs here are the greatest. I, I hear that. I hear there are a lot of them. So tell me, you got issues? I got the doctor here. Hey there. Well, actually, <laughs> hi, Dr. Debbie. Um, hi. My question has to do about leopard geckos. I actually um, brought my leopard gecko to California when I moved here, and I was really lucky. I did not really realize how, um, you know, bringing an exotic a lizard down here, I was lucky to get live crickets and stuff after getting assimilated. But um, after she passed away, New Year's Day of 2013, I'd had her for almost uh, about 14 and a half years. Like wow. I was a baby. Yeah, and I felt I was so sad because um, there was an accident that probably was related to her not, living beyond that time, mm-hmm. but I, you know, was prompted then to do some research, because whenever one of my animals passes, you know, I feel really bad and guilty and devastated, Sure. and you know, I, I checked my books, I looked online, I asked a couple of uh, the vets down here, and I heard everything from like 8 years old to 25 years old, <laughs> yeah. and I was curious, because you handle exotics. I didn't know if you sure. um, had experience with leopard geckos. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love leopard geckos because they are such a gentle lizard, and I think they are fabulous lizards for folks that are maybe afraid of some of the typical lizardy looking creatures. They're just very, um, very easygoing little guys. And I'd have to say, in practice, the, the reality is that I do not see these guys live much past 10 to 15 years of age. So I, I'd have to say at 14 plus, you, you did really good. But yes, you will find reports that, you know, they'll live to 25, I think even into the 30s. But it, those are going to be the rarities because I do, I do see that um, more of them pass before that period of time. And the vast majority of problems that I'd see, you know, and certainly if your little guy had, you know, a trauma, that's a little different. But the biggest problems that I see these guys for are sand impactions, because a lot of people feel compelled to put them in sand substrate and they eat it when they're eating their little critters. Um, that's one of the biggest things. But also we'll see problems with, um, you know, egg binding, some intestinal problems or even mouth infections. Those kind of be are the, the top ones that we see with these guys. So yeah, I think you did a pretty good job with your baby. And, and I think it's great that you want to learn from, you know, making sure, you know, you did everything right, husbandry right, husbandry wise. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fun little pets. And, you know, you may already know, Sid, but some of the things about leopard geckos that are kind of cool is they have these nice fat tails and they actually have the ability to shed their tail when they get scared. Um, so if a predator comes along and kind of grabs onto them, they'll just shed that tail as a defense mechanism. And so it is important that when you learn how to hold these guys that you're careful and aware of that. You don't want to restrain them by their tails in any way or you'll get a kind of a lesser beautiful tail that will regrow down the road. Thanks, Sid, for your call today. 
How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Do we finally have her? We do. Okay, this is very exciting. This is Mary Krupa, who is the squirrel whisperer. And uh, we've been talking about these photos that you've seen over <laughs> at Facebook.com slash Sneezy Squirrel. And it looks like this squirrel is voluntarily uh, posing, posing yeah. with all kinds of clothing and uh, hats and stuff. And I wanted to find out how this all started and what's going on here. So we brought Mary on. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Great. You're a, a woman of not too many words. Where are you located right now? Well, at this very second, I am right in front of Old Main, which is the Penn State University's main building, and it's where Sneezy likes to hang out because there's lots of trees around here. It's kind of her home base. I so, actually have Sneezy right here in front of me as we speak. Oh, Sneezy's she right there. Of, are you are you oh, trying yeah. to dress Sneezy right now? Not really, because we've been having some rains, and her tail's all soggy, and she is not at all photogenic at the moment. Okay, so let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, back up here a bit because. <laughs> First of all, how do you get a squirrel to dress up? And and do you meet this squirrel all the time? Yeah, um, it's really more of the squirrel's talent than mine. I mean, the very first day I met her, she was a fairly young squirrel. I was out here in front of Old May with some friends, and we were having some food, and the squirrel's here, since they've kind of grown up accustomed to being fed by these students, they just kind of come right up to you and beg. And this one came up to me and started begging, and I gave her a little piece of my biscuit, and she just sat there. And so I kind of impulsively wanted to see if she would let me pet her, and sure enough, she did. Wow. And from there, it's not that far of a leap to go, well, if it lets me pet it, I don't think it would mind having a little hat on its head. Of course, that's the next step. Yeah, for me it is. (laughs) So that's kind of how that started. I've known her for about two years now. Right now there's another girl that just came over here. Um, Casey and I are a very popular topic for all the film students that we have here whenever they need to interview someone. Sure. Do people call you the squirrel lady? I got to know, because Hal called you that, and, and I'm, um, I'm throwing him out there. The squirrel usually whisperer. I'm the, usually I'm the squirrel whisperer or squirrel Okay. Girl. 
which I think is pretty cool because there's actually one of the most powerful superheroines in the Marvel Comics universe is Squirrel Girl, and she's a college-age girl, and her really only superpower is to call armies of squirrels to attack everything. You know, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of squirrels there. How can you make sure that it's the same one that shows up each time? Well, Sneezy usually hangs out in the same spot. They all kind of, they have slightly different gates and slightly different sizes. Their facial structure is a little bit different. Their tails are a little bit different. And, you know, they can recognize people really well, too. So, like, Sneezy, sometimes she'll just come right up to me, and I don't even notice her, but she'll go and find me if I don't find her. Oh. Wow. No, how did she get the name Sneezy? I had to think of it in about three seconds. Someone came up to me and saw me interacting with her and asked me what her name was, and she didn't have a name at the time. But she does tend to sneeze a lot when she's, like, rooting around the dirt for acorns, and it's really, really cute. So I just decided to call her Sneezy, and the name kind of stuck. So now you regularly meet this squirrel to dress him up. Yeah, pretty much every day. Whenever I have time in between my classes, I come out and see if she's out. And she's uh, becoming pretty popular, huh? Oh, yeah. She's quite the celebrity. How do you know it is a she, by the way? <laughs> because it doesn't have any nuts. <laughs> although, although, okay, let's talk about squirrel nuts, okay? Can, can we talk about squirrel nuts here? Sure, okay. why not? Okay, because male squirrels, they can actually carry their testicles inside their yeah, bodies. Wow. So, they'd be so heavy they, they otherwise. Yeah. Now, during breeding season, they're probably hanging yeah. loose. But, you know, non-breeding seasons, um, yeah. they, they can tuck them up and, you know. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the females, when it's breeding season, their mammaries get very, very swollen. Like, you can tell that they're nursing. So that's another one of the main reasons. Well, now, Steezy's pretty popular. I understand that uh, Pepsi reached out. Yeah. That didn't really work out because they it didn't work with their shooting schedule, of course, and you're working with a wild animal. And Sneezy is, first and foremost, a wild animal. Yes, there's and not union. There's never any guarantees that she's going to be in a certain place at a certain time, and they were on a pretty tight schedule, so that never really worked out, but still, it's a thought that counts. Well, you are an interesting young lady. What are you, uh, what are you majoring in? Um, actually, for my first two years here, it was going to be wildlife sciences, because I am, needless to say, a huge animal geek. And um, then I found out that requires quite a bit of calculus, and math has never been my strong suit. I'm kind of more of a writer, so... Uh, this year I switched my major. I'll be English, but I have the wildlife minor. Because English is so much easier than calculus. <laughs> yeah, they, for me it is. Isn't calculus the stuff you get on your teeth that the doctor is supposed to... Yeah, how that's it. That that's too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, that's calculus. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for hanging with us today. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, Sneaky's here too. She said hi. Well, give her a big old pat or whatever you do on the back there. and a peanut for me. Yes, we're going to post <laughs> pictures of Sneezy up at the I website. Yeah. If I, if I put my phone up here, I wonder if you'd be able to hear crunching on this nut I just gave her. Sure. Let's try. I don't know if, I don't know if it'll work or not. Let's see. Oh, she's done. Uh, she just gave a little bit of a sneeze and turned away. She probably <laughs> thought you were handing her the phone. <laughs> yeah, she, she's really curious about stuff like that. Like, if I'm using my phone, she'll crawl up on my wrist and start, like, sniffing at everything and... Well, very intriguing. I encourage people to check out your Facebook page at facebook.com slash sneezy squirrel. And we'll put links to that over at animalradio.com. Thanks, Mary. Had fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Take care. I, you know, when I was a teenager and young person, I got into different kinds of trouble. Had nothing to do with dressing up squirrels. Maybe a little cow tipping here and there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet.
Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process, cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815-800-215-6815-800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Testing cosmetics on animals has recently been banned in Europe and India, and a similar ban here in the U.S. will be on the front burner when the new Congress convenes in January. Virginia Democrat Don Beyer is expected to take the lead on the issue. He's succeeding Representative Jim Moran, who introduced the legislation that not only bans testing makeup products on animals, but also bans the sale of any new cosmetics if the final product or any component was developed using animal testing. We'll see if it goes through. Their state, Virginia, is home to several big cosmetic companies. So how much would you spend to try and find your dog if he or she got lost? I'm not talking about a reward here, but paying for the effort of finding the cat or dog. The sky is the limit, it seems, for Janet Mahalafi of Georgetown. Her five-year-old Rottweiler mix, Havoc, has been missing for a year this month. Now, so far... She has spent $35,000 trying to find him. That includes printing thousands of signs and flyers, hiring four psychics and private eye dog investigators. So far, no luck. Havoc got lost when he and his sister, Ray's, went on an off-leash run with Mahalafi in a D.C. reservoir. The dogs took off after a deer. Ray's came back. Havoc didn't. Now, her story has gone national over the past year, with some people saying she should just give up. Mahalafi says she doesn't think about the money. She's not going to give up. All she thinks about is finding havoc and bringing him home. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. can't really say anything spectacular about John Anderson of Yes, who we just heard there. Uh, he just has a dog. Just oh, a how regular, boring. Yeah. Regular old dog. Might even have a cat, what's as far the, as I know. What, what's, what's so bad about a regular that? old dog? Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I just, you know, all these celebrities have, like, oh, iguanas. Exotic and, animals, yeah. Yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Hi, who is this? Talking with me? I'm talking to you. You're oh, talking cool. to me? I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Okay, I'm Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you calling? Right now I'm calling in from Maryland. When I called you originally, I was in Arizona. You get around. Yeah. You a driver? Drive a big truck. You drive a big truck. Oh, I love lady yeah. drivers. Oh, this is so much fun. I retired from my original career, and now I'm on vacation and getting paid for it. What was your original career? Registered nurse. Is, do you wow. like this better? Well, I, li- I did nursing for 30 years, and I like that great. But after 30 years, I needed a change, and I love this because I've... I've 
been doing it for three years, and I've seen the entire country and Canada. And getting so, paid to do it. And getting paid to do it. Oh, you got to love and it. And I get Teddy with me. Teddy. Teddy. He's a half Shih Tzu and half miniature Cocker Spaniel. Does he like traveling with you? He loves it. Mm, okay. He loves it. He's, he's, he's been, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed that I never had a dog before this. Oh. He is such a love. You just found out about that, huh? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Well, tell your friends to get an animal. Yeah, I will. Okay. I will. I called you initially because Teddy has a ritual that he does, and I know it's got to mean something, but I don't know what it means. If he's given a treat or if he finds a piece of particular piece of food, I don't know if he, when he likes it or doesn't like it, but he'll touch the tip of his nose to it, back off four inches, touch the floor, touch the food, touch the floor, He'll do that three or four times. Then he takes it and carries it to his bed and buries it. Now, I don't know whether the, he goes back and eats it or not. I think he does, but I've found like four or five treats in there. What does that mean? <laughs> That's very interesting, Lucy. And hi, I wanted to say hello and welcome to the show today. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Hi. So you don't really know if Teddy's eating these treats later on in the day? No, not not later on in the day because, I mean, he's, he's, I've found, like I said, four or five days afterwards. Yeah, and oh, so you're finding the uneaten treats down the road. Right. Does that kind of behavior go back to the beginnings of canines foraging and hiding their food? You know, it certainly can be. One way we could interpret that behavior is that, you know, he's kind of taking what's his and he's hiding it for a later date. I'm assuming he's the only dog in your in your truck. Yeah. You don't have yeah. other dogs with him. So it's not necessarily a competition type thing. It's just probably a, a way that he's kind of being a dog in his maybe somewhat uh, close environmental situations. And I think there could be some uh, psychological interpretation that, you know, maybe he thinks because, you know, the road is moving, um, you know, he has to make sure there's food accessible. Um, and it's hard to kind of understand how much dogs reason and kind of are, right. are reasoning through a situation like this. But I could totally make a case where he might be thinking, you know, I want to make sure I got this little snack later and don't know where I'm going to be. This might just be kind of a normal little uh, quirk with your little fella. 1-866-405-8405. Judy and I were just thinking about the dog. Uh, it was a... Uh, his name was Donnie, and oh, he yes. was a Doberman Pinscher. Yes, and he would line up his toys out in the backyard, and he would line them up according to categories with colors and the types of toys. If, if there was a stuffed animal that was a monkey, he would put them with the other monkeys. My own uh, childhood dog, we did some interesting things. I used to think he had a great ability to pick out his favorite treats. I'd line up seven treats in a row and I'd let him smell and lick each one. It looked like he was reasoning through which one he wanted and he'd get to pick one treat. <laughs> it's never the same one. He always kind of went and considered each one. So, you know, we don't know what's going up in those little heads of theirs. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thanks We're for taking my call. Of course. How can we help you? You know, I got a uh, chocolate lab. He's six and a half years old and he kind of runs free on our five acres here a couple times a week i gotta uh pin him up for the zone takes the uh, garbage trucks but he had a little <laughs> trouble minding me and and uh, he's he not real good at coming when i call him or or dropping the ball he loves to play fetch but uh he doesn't drop on command you know mm -hmm. is there any anything that um you know I, I work with him pretty good the first year and then we had a little baby come along and then uh you know so I, i'm sure there's a issue there of dominance there in the alpha but uh I, I just can't seem to get him to 
to drop on my command anyway. Is anything you can well, say to Sure, me? there's definitely some things. And the first thing we have to remember is that, you know, it's kind of natural for dogs to, um, I don't want to say guard items, but to kind of protect them, you know, because in, in their world, if we talk about wild dogs, um, their items, they have resources that they protect. So there's some natural instinct. The trick is, in your situation, we need to make the motivation to do what you want greater than his motivation to have that item in his mouth because that gives him a happy, feel-good feeling when he's got that item in his mouth. So attempts to take that away, take that feeling away. So we've got to recreate something that's more enjoyable than just holding that item in the mouth. So it's really a matter of positive rewards and finding something that we can use to our advantage. I have a lab, and food is a wonderful motivator. So I, don't, I would definitely encourage, you know, small tidbits of really yummy dog treats, um, potentially even things, this is where I hate to say things like this, but little bits of hot dog or things like that, where we can use that <laughs> as a positive reinforcement to get the desired behavior. Now, we don't want to turn this into a wrestling match, but in, in my labs, and I know in a lot of dogs, what we can do to help encourage them to drop and to train that to a command, to a give command or a drop command, is um, to give that command, ask for the behavior. In many cases, we can kind of gently put our fingers in the mouth and just kind of gently open the mouth and retrieve that. Now, when you do that, we don't want him to be anxious and nervous that the item's gone. We want to give him that positive reward. So you give him the little tidbit, good boy, good boy. And we kind of have to work that positive circle around and around and around. Because once you take that toy away, if his anxiety level's going up, we're actually hurting the problem there. So that's kind of the, the root to the whole issue there. And, uh, you know, some dogs, you know, if, if he likes to retrieve, then we could do a multiple uh, retrieving uh, session. So we have multiple balls. So then that helps to train him that, hey, there's another item here. Don't worry. Give me that one. You got another one waiting for you. And a lot of times I'll use a small training leash to keep them by my side when we're doing this um, so that the other ball is thrown and he's not taken off, you know, off uh, out of your hand and out of your control. Because you can't expect a dog to follow the direction if you don't have a way to correct that in some way. So keeping him on that light training leash will certainly help. So I think that would be uh, be helpful. And I know my boys, oh, my uh, male lab, he loves his tennis balls, but he almost throws them at me now because he enjoys <laughs> retrieving them so much more than just holding that in his mouth. So uh, I know that motivation is big. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, I was a little curious to go back to feeding them uh, treats because that's how we started type of thing. And but uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go back to that uh, that style. Good luck with that, yeah. Joe. Let thank us you. let us know how that turns out with your little guy there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu. Sniffer dogs trained in Ireland are now sniffing out black market bootleg DVDs. Illegal DVDs are a multi-million dollar industry, often being sold online or on street corners. Recently, the dogs visited Malaysia, where they found $1.7 million worth of illegal DVDs. The dogs are able to detect the plastics used in the DVDs, and they're trained to calmly stare in the direction of the plastic smell. Afterwards, they're rewarded with their favorite toy. 
The dogs seem to love their work, and hopefully, all this hard work will be reflected in lower popcorn prices at the movies. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, this is John Sally, and you are listening to Animal Radio. Go vegan. Happy holidays from your friends at Fido Friendly Magazine. The fall-winter issue is available now for your dog to sniff out all the great Fido Friendly hotels and great products to set all tails wagging. This is the must-have issue of the year, so subscribe today at FidoFriendly.com. Make this a gift for an additional $10 for your Fido-loving friends and have a Fido fabulous holiday. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We, uh, we just finished, you know, and it's hard to talk about food after just finishing a colossal Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to have sandwiches all weekend long, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I love leftovers. And I, know I love turkey sandwiches. Oh, for weeks on end. <laughs> this, of course, is a big time of year for Dr. Debbie because a lot of people feed their dogs some of the crap that you shouldn't be feeding them, like uh, fatty the left- pieces, leftovers, yes. things you wouldn't eat. Turkey bones. bones, yeah. Old food, old food. We're talking, you know, a week old or, or more. <laughs> no, my dogs can't have turkey at all because they get explosive diarrhea from turkey. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. so, so they can't tolerate yeah, it. I don't, I, but with the leftovers, the guideline is basically you don't want to, if you're not going to eat it, they should not eat it. So for me, in my household, poultry, it's three days. <laughs> three days in the fridge. <laughs> Some of us cook for our animals all the time, uh, every night. I bow to those people right now because that takes a tremendous amount of time, I would think, because uh, I cook for my family, and that takes a tremendous amount of time, mm-hmm. no less the animals. So when I saw this book come across my desk, your uh, pet chef, uh, there was actually, this was not the book that I saw No, it was a different book. But these, what I'm holding in my hand, are holiday versions of the pet chef cookbooks with gluten and grain-free recipes for your dog or dogs based on traditional holiday dishes that your pet is sure to love. We have the author on the phone with us, uh, Lisa Hennessy. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. First of all, why is this so important to you, and how did you start doing this? Um, I started making food about five years ago when my rough collie, Shelby, was diagnosed with a degenerative disease, and my vet said, would I make a special recipe for her that would help slow down the progression of the disease? And I said I would. And then I eventually converted my dog to a homemade diet. And a couple of years ago, the opportunity presented itself, and I thought I'd share my love of making food for dogs with others. So what? that's kind of how your pet shop came along. Why is it so important? Why can't I just pop open a can every day? Um, because it has so many chemicals and fillers and just real junk in it. Um, our food is really all human grade, all made just for the dog, um, and it doesn't have any fillers or chemicals. Um, we use all human grade proteins, uh, organic vegetables. I mean, it, it's kind of the same with people. You get what you know. You get out what you put in, and um, you really can have a, a healthier dog without as many medical issues as we're seeing now. If we kind of feed them a more natural, healthy diet. Hmm. How do you know you're putting in the right amount of uh, nutrients and, and such when you put together uh, your recipes? 
I worked with my vet on all my recipes, so they're all vet approved. Um, and basically, I rotate the proteins and rotate the organ meat um, because each organ has its own um, really key and essential minerals in it so that it's a balanced diet throughout the week. I'm looking at your book, The Eight Days of Hanukkah. I just wanted uh-huh. to see, is the food in here kosher? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, because um, here, full disclosure, I am Irish Catholic from the south side of Chicago. So <laughs> I did a ton of research because I didn't want to do anything wrong. And I had um, a lot of, I have uh, several customers that are Jewish that helped me. Um, so it's not kosher, but it is. Um, it does have all the elements. So we have the parva and we have a dairy. So that's where I try to um, segregate it so that it's like um, it's like a, 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 a real menu, mm. like a, from appetizers to desserts. I'm yeah. look, looking through the recipes. What recipe would be easy for just, you know, like me or a people beginner. listening, people that are beginning listening right now saying, I want to just start cooking for my animal? Um, in the holiday books, I would say um, the four collie birds, and it's basically um, a shepherd's pie for dogs. So it's um, just turkey with some peas and carrots with some potato on top. Um, I tried to make the recipes have five ingredients or less in a lot of them, and so they're really pretty simple. And in the Hanukkah book, the cauliflower, well, I'm going to go back to cauliflower. You can tell I'm a little partial. Um, the cauliflower latkes are quite simple because they're really cauliflower and egg whites. Um, and we just bake them. And my guys love mm. them. We like to eat them. We, we enjoy they them. Look good. You know, I'm um, just going to ask, can you share these recipes with your dog? They look really appealing. Share them with your dog. You mean right. share them with yourself. I mean, sh- yeah. yeah. Can they share them with oh, yeah. us? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're really kind of for both. Um, and, you know, what's missing is seasoning because, you know, dogs don't really need salt and pepper. Um, so you might want to have a little, you know, you might want to spice it up a little if you were going to eat, like, um, in the Hanukkah book, we have the beef, you know, a beef brisket. We call it a beef barksket. And, um, <laughs> you know, you might want to put a few seasonings in there because um, it's really kind of just meat, potatoes, and sauerkraut. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, we ate a lot of keys. Um, we enjoyed quite a few of them. As we were creating the recipes, any of the ones that maybe didn't work out, um, we enjoyed them. My my. My dogs are the official taste uh, tasters in the test kitchen, and they loved out every time, whether it worked or not. <laughs> they weren't fussy. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and give away some copies of these right now. We have five copies Great. of the 12 Days of Christmas, The Pet Chef Presents, and The Pet Chef Presents the Eight Days of Hanukkah. So whatever, you know, whatever you'd like, which one would you like? If you're not lucky enough to get on through for this, where can we pick these up? Uh, yourpetchef.com and um, and click to the uh, buy cookbook section. Um, and just so you know, anybody who goes to my website that does that, I donate back a dollar to Animal Rescue with the sale of every book. Oh, so that's you nice. can you can you can choose a rescue um, that's listed there, or you can put your favorite one on there. So yeah, we always try to give back. We have a really strong rescue community, and we really try to give back. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate your time today, and you know what? I'm going to cook one of these tonight. One of these looks really good. Great. There you go. Wonderful. We'll give it a shot tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Lisa. Thanks. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Judith Chapman from Young and the Restless at CBS, and I'm on Animal Radio right now, and I'm asking everyone out there to please spay and neuter your pets. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? 
We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, Carolyn Gracie from QVC will be joining us. She's a good friend. I knew her when I worked radio in Los Angeles, and she actually was very influential in getting Animal Radio on the air in Los Angeles and all across the country. And now she's, for the last decade or so, she's been doing QVC where she... Uh, I believe she does afternoons on QVC and she, mm-hmm. or middays, one of those big shifts. And she's always talking about pets because she has pets. And she'll be joining us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Joey, what are you working on? I am talking about hematomas, huh? giant blood blisters that grooming can cause called hematomas and how to avoid it and protect your pet against it. You talking about oral hematomas, like ear ones? Exactly. I didn't know groomers cause those. It's usually ears. Well, yeah, you know, I guess I guess I, you got to wait until um until I talk about it on my tip. Okay. But yeah, sometimes <laughs> it happens. He's gonna make you stick around, Doc. That's right. Well, it, I'll fix those ears then. <laughs> I remember this story was a year ago about somebody that brought their animal to be groomed at a uh, it was either a Petco or a PetSmart, one of those, and the groomer cut off the ear and then super glued oh. it back on. Oh. Yikes. That didn't go over well, did it? No, that didn't. No. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Roanoke, Virginia. That's a beautiful place. Spent a little time there. I got the doctor here, Dr. Debbie. What's going on? Hi. Hi. I am owned by a cat who is oh, 10 years at old. least you can admit it. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> he has me very well trained. I walk on my end of the leash. It works really well for us. Um... <laughs> He drools more than the basset hounds I've owned in my life. Oh, and in I what don't situations? Know if this is a normal thing, because it seems to be getting that he drools more than he used to. And okay. it's just really weird. <laughs> so, what context? When is he doing this drooling behavior? When he's happy, when he's being petted and purring, and it just sits and drips <laughs> off of him, and then he slobbers it all over the place, just like a DOG does. Oh, yes, yes. So if this behavior is happening when he's in a content emotional state, we kind of call these guys happy droolers. And um, in most cases, it's a completely normal response. It's just a parasympathetic response that they have when they're in a happy place. Um, okay. To, 
to stop it? I don't know. He's a happy guy. This is his way of telling you. That I guess the challenge I would have would be that, you know, if you wake up and you've got a big spittle of drool about to fall on your face, it would remind me of me and my yeah. brother when we were kids and you try to spit on each other, you know, yeah. spit in you. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah that, we have that would that. be what I would think of. But, you know, the other things, the other concerns that I have when we have a really drooly kitty, because it's not as common, like you say, you know, we're not a basset hound, an English bulldog, cats. So some other concerns we have with excessive drooling are nausea, uh, dental disease, and like respiratory infections, things like that. But one of the dental concerns that in many cases that I'll look at, um, and if you haven't had his teeth looked at recently, I would encourage it because we can see a problem called root lesions, uh, which are basically the closest thing would be like cavities in humans where cats can get these holes in the enamel of their teeth and that can cause some pain and uh, other issues going on. So that could potentially uh, lead to more drooling than we might uh, tend to see or, you know, other causes of tummy upset. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'd say if if we tend to do this only in those situations when he's happy, uh, you, you just got a drooler on your, uh, <laughs> your hands and you're going to need yeah, a bib. Just continue to tell him I love him drooly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jenny, thank you so much for your call today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. I'm a happy drooler. Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. Well, you want to go to three? Let's go to three. We haven't given line three any attention today. I believe we have Linda on it. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Where are you? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. Hmm, beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Temperatures in the 70s. I don't want to leave. I'm a truck driver, so I'm just passing through, and I definitely <laughs> don't want to leave. <laughs> I can understand that. Where, where do you call home? Tennessee. Tennessee, also a nice place, though. Yes, but much colder. Yes, it is. Well, how are the pets? What's going on with the animals? I have a cat that rides in the truck with me. She's uh, about two and a half years old, Millie. She's a tortoiseshell. Hmm. She was a stray, and um, she has a skin allergy, and I've taken her to the vet. She's been seen um, quite a few times. In fact, we go about every two months for her to get a cortisone shot. Okay. And this this last time she got the shot, it didn't seem to help as much as it has in the past. Her her skin just is very very flaky, even though I brush her all the time, and she she itches so much she she bites at herself. Oh uh, boy. Yeah, that's the the first thing. The second one is she eats only wet uh, dry food. She won't eat any wet food. I even tried; they were super expensive. I tried people food. She only eats dry food, and so when she poops. Um, her poops are like little round marbles. I don't oh, know if that's yikes. related to her, her problems or not. She's the sweetest okay. thing. She looks like a, a big balloon with a small head because of all the, the cortisone, <laughs> I'm sure. Aww. But the poor thing so t- is so miserable with, with, with life. <laughs> oh, well, if she's by your side, she can't be that miserable. That's um, true. Now t- Tell me about what's what what is the skin problem that she has other than the dryness that she, that makes you get the steroid shot. The um, vet says that she has, I think it's called rodent lip. Ah, a rodent ulcer. Yes, yes. So that her lip, right there underneath her nose, it tucks in. It's like there's skin missing. It gives her the most quizzical look. It's just adorable. <laughs> but. Oh, she's talking to me. She wants to come down. Um, she's, but it, yeah, it's rodent, rodent ulster. 
Right. Okay, does she have other spots anywhere on her body, or is it just the lip that she gets? Just the lip. Okay, and that's basically, when you kind of look at it, it's almost like someone gave her, gave her a fat lip, <laughs> and uh, they're a little bit ulcerated, abraded on the inside of the mouth, and then it's just kind of pooched out and swollen. Yeah. Um, okay. There are some steps we can do, and for pets that don't respond really well to cortisone, one possibility is we can try to mix up the form of the steroid. And I find some dogs do, or some pets do better if uh, we maybe move away from plain old prednisone or methylprednisolone and try a different category, such as triamcinolone. Now, these may not mean anything to you, but in, in the veterinary world, um, you know, there are different products, and we might say, let's try a different one and see if that helps. Um, so that might be something to, to ask your veterinarian if uh, you can switch it up and try a different form of a steroid in a shot. Um, now, there are some pets that steroids don't help and don't do enough, and uh, a couple things that I would work on, and one especially because of the poop uh, balls that you're describing, I would really see about changing her diet um, because rodent ulcers can be a form of an allergic skin disease in, in cats. So we know that allergies can affect the skin, and they can also affect the intestinal tract. So it might be worthwhile to put her on a hypoallergenic diet and maybe go in more with a canned variety because if she does have a tendency towards dry stools and dehydration, I want to get all the extra fluids in her that we can, and a canned product might do that a little bit better. Um, But a lot of good hypoallergenic diets out there. I talked to your veterinarian, but um, we'd want to stick to something that's kind of new for her body, you know, maybe a duck uh, potato-based diet would be good. Sometimes um, some of the rice and uh, whitefish-based diet might be a way to go. Now, the other things that I will do for a pet with a rodent ulcer, and we might be talking about things as simple as flea control to make sure that we don't have any problems with that because a lot of kitties that have um, rodent ulcers can actually have some problems with fleas. So um, make sure you're using a really good regimen with that um, and on some regular programs because especially if you're traveling across state lines, you know, there's always that potential. Right. Now, we, we've been making sure we, we try to keep on top of that. I haven't seen a single flea on her. Good. Good. Now, and then if all of these other remedies aren't working, um, we can add in a medication called cyclosporine. Um, and that would be something that helps to kind of modify her immune system and her response to that. Um, but that would be kind of, I'd say, near my tail end of choices because I think that maybe trying a different steroid and maybe changing diet, I think that would be a very important step. And then, oh, my gosh, okay. I almost forgot. I got I to gotta ask you about your food bowls. Um, what kind of food bowls are you using for her? Oh, um, we have um, stainless steel for the food, and I'm using part for the water. One, one of the big things when we're dealing with rodent ulcers and allergies in cats is that plastics can tend to make some of those issues worse. So I would get rid of the plastic bowl and either go to a ceramic variety or just to get another stainless steel bowl because that can play a role as well. So oh, give okay. that a try. Definitely will. Okay. Well, very good. Hope that helps her out and gets that lip uh, swelling down there. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animal 
Animals are people too. Cats are known for napping, but a hardworking cat in Kinokawa, Japan, has been promoted to a special position. Seven-year-old Tama has been named special station master by the Wakayama Electric Railway. Two other cats were named deputy station masters, and all three of them are taking their work very seriously. Their work entails welcoming passengers at the train station. Tama wears his little railway cap, of course, and the other two cats just wear their normal fur. The operator of the shop at the station had been taking care of the cats, but now the railway company is picking up the tab for these hard-working felines for a job well done. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio, and I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet, and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully, every day you'll try to make. The world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process, cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book, biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. Eight hundred two one five six eight one five. Eight hundred two one five six eight one five. Eight hundred two one five six eight one five. That's eight hundred two one five sixty eight fifteen. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, it is that time of the season again. I still have so much turkey in my refrigerator, and I will for the next two or three weeks, I'm sure. (laughs) But Christmas shopping, time to do that. And I don't know if any of you spent yesterday morning up early. I mean, they're starting even earlier than oh, Black Friday now. It's, oh, they're, they're doing it on Thursday now, on Thanksgiving. On Thursday. Yes. That's so, crazy. How many of you actually went out on Thanksgiving shopping? Let's see a show of hands. Nope. Nope. No, no way. way. Okay. No way. Good for you. Uh, they try to get it earlier and earlier every year. Uh, we have on today's show, uh, Carolyn Gracie will be joining us in just a few minutes from QVC. And she is, of course, the pet-friendly host over there always. And I know that, Joey, you've, you've hung out with her on QVC a few times. So you, it'll be like old She's buds great. getting back together. She's great. Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? Well, you know, our animals find all kinds of ways to show us how much they love us. But I'm going to tell you about a little, little beagle mix guy in Texas. Well, he, just, he was not going to be denied in showing his person how much he loved and cared for him. And this story is just absolutely incredible. Hey, I can't wait for that. Let's hit the phones. Hey, Robert, where are you calling from today? Chicago, Illinois. Is it a windy city today? No, it's, it's not windy today. It's fine. Beautiful place. Okay, well, I got the good doctor right here. What's going on? Well, we have a dog and a miniature pincher and a cat. The dog is traveling with me. I'm, I'm a truck driver, so the whole week I'm, I'm going with the dog. 
And okay. uh, when when I come back on a, on a weekend, the the cat is peeing in a in a dog's bed, and for in like the dog's last, bed. I don't know, maybe month or something like that. We we didn't have that problem problem before, but just just last month that that started to happen, and uh, I don't know what what we could do. Okay, so just so I'm clear, when you're away, the dog is with you, and the cat's yes. fine. But when you return home with the dog, the cat is urinating in the dog's bed or your bed? In the dog's bed. In the dog's bed. And this only yeah. is when the dog is returned to the house? Yes. Oh, that sounds naughty. <laughs> what a naughty kitty. <laughs> you know, when, when we come back, you know, dog, dog is after, after being uh, five days in the truck, he's, he wants to play with, the, with my daughter. And uh, the, he wants to play with the cat. When before I started to drive, you know, the, doing the trucking, they they were home all the time and they were playing, you know, without the problems. They are together for like four or five years. So I mm-hmm. started driving a year ago, and and that trouble started last last month with the, with the cat. We we were not sure what what we can okay. do. Well, I, I think a lot of this is going to be driven out of marking um, territories and resources. And, and and I laugh because it's such a naughty kitty. It just seems like such a blatant thing, like saying, this is mine. This is my spot. And, you know, you may be back, but this is still my spot. So some of the things that I might ask you to do may be a little bit challenging. Um, now, when, um, when your dog is around, um, where does your cat eat? Uh, where does he eat? Yeah, where's the your cat's food bowl? Um, we have a cradle for a for a cat because she's scratching the furniture a little bit, and we have a lot of furniture, so we put her for a night in uh, into her trail, and that's uh, that's where her uh, food is. But okay, uh, so- you know, the the dog is eating the the cat food sometimes uh, also. Okay. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah. Okay, so this, there's a couple things I would have you do. Now, one of the things that you can do when your dog is away is I'd like you to start feeding your cat inside the dog's bed. So okay. actually put the food inside the bed in a bowl, um, not just laying in the bed, and, and to start to use this as a feeding site for your kitty. Now, that's going to do two things. It's going to make her less apt to want to urinate there in the future because, you know, cats are tidy animals and we don't want to soil where the food is. Now, ideally, what I would ask you to do is to get two different beds and to provide one of the beds for the kitty and make that kind of her spot um, where she can um, have a very similar out, um, environment to the dog's bed and, and see if she will claim that and accept that as her own without marking on the dog's spot. The other thing we can do um, is going to be a little bit more challenging is we can we can try to make the environment um, uh, on the on the opposite end of the spectrum we can make the environment around the dog's bed unappealing to the kitty um, so sometimes we can do things like uh, motion activated uh, uh, like compressed air canisters and uh, turning uh, plastic uh, runners upside down around that area. Um, those kind of things will be useful to keep kitty away, but they may keep your dog away from that as well. So you have to kind of keep that keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that I'd really ask you to do is to pick up um, some kitty 
pheromone uh, diffusers. Now, these are plug-in dispensers that don't give off smells like lilacs and, and uh, vanilla, French vanilla. They're going to give off um, a, a scent hormone that you cannot detect, but cats can, and it can help kind of calm them. And when we're having some territorial or cat behavior issues, it's something we like to use in the area where the problem is occurring, so in the zone where the dog bed is. Um, and that would definitely be something that I would like to see you try. And then also making sure that the kitty's food is out of dog's reach because we don't want to create any other competitions. Um, if kitty feels like she's got to uh, claim other resources in the house, such as her food, um, sleeping sites, um, all of that kind of stuff, it might make some more um, behavior problems more likely. So get make sure that food is elevated for kitty where the dog can't get to it. Um, and then um, also give her you know some other sites where she can kind of perch and look out and look down on her subjects, especially the dog in the household, because um, cats like to get up high and she'll feel more secure and she'll be less apt to need to feel to mark her territory. Um, so that's all we need for cats. You know, a lot of times it's all mental play. It's making them feel and recognize that they are the kings and queens of our house. And as long as everything is cool, or as long as they're the kings and queens, everything is cool. So um, those are some of the ways you can kind of help that happen. Okay. Well, we're going to try We're going to try everything. So thank you. Thank you very much. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. There are now official guidelines here in the U.S. on how to deal with cats and dogs that may have been exposed to humans with Ebola. Experts don't think cats or dogs are able to get the disease or spread it. But the American Veterinary Medical Association says that if an animal is exposed, state health officials should evaluate the extent of the exposure through questions, things like where the pet sleeps or where it's gone outside the home. And based on those answers, the CDC would then help decide whether to quarantine the pet. Actual testing would only happen if the CDC says. But an animal that tests positive for the virus and not just the antibodies would be euthanized. So far, only one dog's been quarantined in the U.S. That was Bentley, and he was safely returned to his person, nurse Nina Pham, in Dallas after she recovered from Ebola. Now, if you remember the nurse in Spain who recovered from Ebola, but whose dog Excalibur was killed by Spanish health authorities, she's suing. Teresa Romero's lawsuit seeks the equivalent of $186,000 for the loss of her dog and another $186,000 for damage done to her name. 
Excalibur was killed even though he showed no signs of the disease and despite an international petition to save him that had nearly 400,000 signatures. Well, here's a story that demonstrates just how much a dog can love. A little beagle mix named Buddy, he hitched a 20-mile ride on the step of an ambulance that was taking his person to the emergency room. This happened in San Angelo, Texas. A driver flagged down the ambulance to let them know the little dog was riding on the step. The ambulance crew stopped, and they brought the dog inside, and he made the trip to the ER with his person, an 85-year-old man who had called the ambulance because he felt dizzy. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Roll over. Hey, wait a minute. You haven't taught me how to do that trick. I can give you my paw, though. It's Alan Kibble on the mess. Not very good at doing tricks. Time for your amazing dog watch. And there he goes. Buddy the dog climbs trees. I've never seen one climb a tree before. That's Jerry. She's Buddy's dog owner. Or human companion or dog roommate. Whatever you want to call her. He's been climbing trees since he was a puppy. Probably trying to get away from this show. I was nervous about it at first, but now... He seems very sure-footed, and so I don't worry about him. He looks like a squirrel jumping from branch to branch to branch. He just chases. I think I'll start climbing trees. Squirrels need to watch out. This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Right now, we're so glad to welcome to the airwaves Carolyn Gracie from QVC. Hi, Carolyn. How are you doing? Hi, Al. Are we doing a live talk set right now? Isn't that unbelievable? You know I what? I was told this was going to be taped, but this is even more fun. We're living on the edge here at how Animal have you Radio. Been? We, I should confess to everybody who's listening, Hal and my husband and I go way back. Oh, yeah, not, not too. <laughs> don't put the years down, that, but it's almost 30 years. We only had two cats. That's how far back that was. Well, now, how many cats do you have now? Oh, well, you know, I never actually confess how many pets I really have, because from time to time we have fosters, which makes the number even more large. But let's just say it's a little bit like Dr. Doolittle here. Everybody gets (laughs) along. We have dogs and cats. We have bunnies. We even have chinchillas now, two of those. Oh, wow. How do you end up with chinchillas? Well, they were, you know, they ended up at a shelter. My animals all come from pet shelters, and as you guys know, they wind up there for various reasons. Somebody passes away, or... Somebody moves. Actually, people do move and leave their pets behind, which I find very hard to believe. Oh, I can't believe Um, that. Terrible. People get baby bunnies for Easter, and then, you know, like magic, they get big, and uh, then they think they can release them into a park, and they'll just survive eating grass, which is certainly not the case. So I have them for all different kinds of reasons, and um, we all get along great. It's a lot of fun. And does your husband enjoy the animals, too? Does he? I just don't picture him as a big animal lover. <laughs> you know my husband. Actually, uh, when we met, we actually did both have just one cat, and then his cat ran away, so then we got another one, and as I you know, worked in radio in Los Angeles, I started to meet all kinds of wonderful people who were involved with pet rescue, like yourself, and I volunteered at the L.A. Zoo, and... Lots of different things, and we just, you know, ended up uh, acquiring 
pets here and there and everywhere, and I volunteered a lot at rescues and learned how to take care of them. I feel like I'm almost a veterinarian, but not quite. <laughs> not, certainly not a vet, but I have so many friends that are vets that I've learned a lot of do-it-yourself things at home. So You incorporate animals on your show sometimes. You do these uh, pet segments where you have either pet products on QVC but you're always bringing, like you brought in Joey over here, Joey Volani. What'd you go in for, That's Joey? That's right. You brought me in. You, uh... yeah, Joey, he did great. Well, Joey brought an awfully cute little dog. See, here's the trick. Yes. When you bring a really cute pet, the item always sells out. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost always. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, we actually have a pet category at QVC that is uh, filled with really great products, and we're growing it all the time. Some of them that, uh, along with, with Joey's product, that have done really well recently, um, the Neater Feeder, which I know oh, yeah. is available at retail now, but he kind of launched it at QVC. Yep. And he now has a new item called the Neater Scooper, which is a really cool new thing uh, that makes it easier to keep your cat boxes clean. Mm. Oh, I have to uh, check that one out. We have um, something called Polar Bowls. It's really not a good idea to put ice cubes in your pet's water for a number of reasons, which I won't go into. So what these polar bowls do is they keep the water cold without having to put ice inside, which is great. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I get to bring my dogs sometimes oh. to uh, kind of demo the products, if you will. Isn't <laughs> that is rough? always a lot of fun. Well, the, the, the pet industry, first of all, is now about a $60 billion a year industry. And it yes. seems like in the last 10 years that you're seeing a lot less big companies getting into the business and a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot mm-hmm. of people who have given up their day job or got canned in the recession and decided they have a great pet product. Have you noticed just a lot of individual people coming up with great ideas and starting their own pet businesses? Yes, and I think it's great. I really do. Uh, I think that, um, as with all entrepreneurs, people come up with ideas of products that they wish they had and they can't find anywhere Mm -hmm. or that nobody else has made available yet. So, you know, there's some very creative people out there who obviously are pet lovers as well, and they're either looking for something that's a safer version or a longer-lasting version or, you know, something to keep their pets entertained. You know, a lot of us now are very busy and we're gone all day. We have, you know, mom and dad both working and and, you know, we're working to, you know, nobody knows what at what age they can even retire anymore, right? So, you mm-hmm. know, we're all gone a lot and Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have really great things to keep your pets entertained and occupied while you're at home Uh, and then certainly I always tell people don't buy a dog toy and just toss it in your dog's crate and say have fun see you later because that's not what a dog toy is for a dog toy is to interact with your dog but I think that you know there are also nice little um, comfy comfort home things that you we can leave our pet with while we're gone and then certainly still have a lot of good quality time with them when we come home i appreciate you spending time with us today it's exciting and fun and and you know we we love pets at qvc the other thing i wanted to mention too hal is that um i have a really great facebook page carolyn gracie qvc which has uh, a lot i have a link to your page on my page by the way uh but we have a lot of uh folks who love to post their pets pictures there and we have every Monday a little featured blog called the Pa Parazzi. Get it? Yeah. A.W. Parazzi <laughs> Showcase, which kind of shows off our viewers' uh, uh, Facebook pet pictures. Uh, we pick uh, a bunch of them to show every Monday on my page as well. So, you know, it's all about pets, you know, with me all the time. Yeah, and I'm going to put links to uh, the Facebook page and the Twitter account, all of these things over at AnimalRadio.com for you to check awesome. out Carolyn Gracie. Get your gifts this year. 
over at QVC if you can. Because they have a lot. I, that's what I'm saying. And you know what I like is you try your things too. We Before we talk about anything on the air here, we make sure that we try it at home because we don't want to refer uh, a product that we don't believe in ourselves. So I'm glad yeah. you do that over there. Well, and I certainly have a lot of, of little furry furballs here that love to try out new things. And, um, you know, usually it's something that they love. But if not, you know, then we don't want to have somebody else's doggy trying it either. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to share with you is that um, you know, we do uh, highly recommend, and I know a lot of your guests say this, that um, especially around the holiday time of the year to do a couple of things. First of all, make sure that your pets have kind of a little safe house if you're having a lot of guests oh, over. Yeah. A lot of pets get a little nervous when you have strangers or guests in the house that they don't know. And also, please, 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 people, do not feed your pets holiday treats, uh, especially not chocolate. Uh, give your dog something that is a healthy treat. A lot of folks have things like Vitamixes and, um, you know, they, they make up their own dog treats at home, which is awesome. Yeah. Dr. Debbie, you say you see a lot of cases of pancreatitis this time of year? Oh, we sure do. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I like these foods. My dog likes it too. But, you know, they can have toxic things like onions in them, um, garlic, all those kind of things. Like, we may think it's okay. Have yourself a safe and wonderful holiday. Carolyn Gracie joining us from QVC. I'll put links to everything that she's talked about today over at AnimalRadio.com. And let's head back to the phones for Dr. Debbie, your dog father, Joey Volani, right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. Hey, hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive! Hey, Dennis. Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you today? Well, hey, I'm doing super. What well, do you got going too. on with you? Just out here moving traders all around the country right now. All right. Well, bless your heart, man. You can do some hard work. <laughs> what can the, I help you with? I have a three-year-old American bulldog. She's a female. She's a sweetheart. Uh, what she's been doing is, like, not all the time. We During the day, of course, I'm gone in the truck a lot. My wife works. My wife takes her out a couple times in the morning before she goes to work. And she stays in the house. We live down in Texas. It's hot. Uh, she sleeps in the bed with us. So when we're not there, she sleeps in the bed when we're not there. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, she will pee in the bed. 
Oh, yikes. And then last night, my wife had taken her out around 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and uh, she romped around with our other dog and all that. And my wife brought her back in. She's got a big pet bed behind her recliner. So usually her name's June, the, the dog. She goes back there. It's in that bed and sleeps behind my wife's chair. Well, my wife fell asleep in the chair watching TV last night. She said she woke up and she heard water running. It was uh, June. She peed in that bed. Oh, the cow. Enough yeah. to hear water running. That's pretty bad. Yeah, well, she's 80 pounds. <laughs> it's a flood of water. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Okay. So, I mean, so, another, I mean she's healthy. She's, you know, we take her to the vet and all that. Not a real active dog, you know, being a bulldog. She is an American bulldog. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some of them can be really active, very athletic dogs. So, yeah. Well, they can be. Uh, I know a lot of them pull, you know, and, and do stuff like that. I mean, she's all muscle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's already okay. having trouble with her hips and her knees. So, oh, dear. And she romps. So- but uh, she sleeps like a log when she goes to sleep. Of course, with that face and everything i forgot the word for it but you know she'll snore all that (laughs) i just wonder if she just sleeps so hard that sometimes if she wakes up she doesn't even realize where she's at if she has to be Uh and i know sometimes dogs and she doesn't excessively okay does she have any accidents currently where she's does she seem to have any problems where your wife or or yourself notice her peeing inside the house like she's uh, squatting and you catch her in the act okay Nope. All right. Well, Usually nine times out of ten, she'll go to the back door and park. Okay. We pretty much know her schedule. You know, she goes out in the morning. And, and you know, if somebody's home during the day, she'll go out two or three different times. But if nobody's home, she'll, she can make it from 8 o'clock in the morning to about 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening. Okay. Fabulous. Okay. Well, you, you had asked there, Dennis, whether it's normal for dogs, if they're sleeping hard, to, to have uh, these kind of accidents at night. And, and the answer is no, it's not normal. Um, no, so, I didn't, you know, I, I, I thought that was so strange that she would be where she would sleep. I mean, that's real yeah. So it's not normal, meaning that we don't dismiss it as saying, okay, that's all right. So this is actually a problem that we deal with, and sometimes a little bit more in female dogs than in male dogs, but we can see it in males as well. And and the thing that for me that really kind of is hitting home is that you're describing that she's not having accidents when she's awake. Um, she's having normal urine function right now, and it's only really when she's sleeping and relaxed. And we do see some dogs that can have a problem with sphincter control control when they're sleeping. So what can happen is that that bladder, it just kind of gets a little leaky and they'll leak urine usually when they're sleeping or if they're getting up from a lying or a seated position and then they look down and go, oh, where did that come from? I didn't do that. Um, And this is kind of characteristic for this, that at other times their urination functions are completely normal. So the good news is that this in many cases can be helped. Um, I always would like to get a urine sample, make sure there's no infection, there's no problems going on when we notice this. But for many dogs, it's just a matter of getting them on some medication to help uh, tighten up that urinary sphincter. Um, and uh, there's a couple different ways we go with that. It's one most common type is a phenylpropylene. 
propanolamine-containing uh, uh, medication. Um, there's one called Proin on the on the market, um, and that can help dramatically for a lot of dogs that deal with this. And and uh, that's usually given twice a day to dogs that have this type of problem. For female dogs, there's kind of a secondary drug that we can tap into. It's called DES. It's an estrogen-based drug, and uh, that for some dogs, we have to add that into the mix of things if the other medicine doesn't do the trick. And uh, but the good news is that this is definitely something that can be treated. You don't want to ignore it um, because a leaky dog can also develop skin infections and vaginal infections. So you definitely want to make sure you get this addressed. See your vet, get a urine sample checked, and then if necessary, get her on this medicine. And I can tell you, my own little girl, who's now, well, she's 12 now. She's not little anymore. She's has this problem, and um, she's actually on a combination of the two medications to control it. If not, then we get a wet bed. Um, so um, I can feel your pain, and uh, it's probably a better alternative to get her on some medication than to have to move your mattress to the backyard. So uh, I definitely encourage getting this looked at, Dennis. Thanks for your call, Dennis. There you go. It's flown by once again. I want to thank Carolyn Gracie. What a wonderful lady that is. Check her out on QVC. Mary Krupa, I learned so much about you and your squirrels and your squirrels nuts. Probably more than I wanted to know. Uh, Lisa Hennessy, amazing cookbook. Thank you for all joining us today. If you want to learn more about these people, head on over to AnimalRadio.com and at our website. Download the Animal Radio app, in fact, while you're at it. It's a free download for your iPhone or your Android, and you can ask your questions all week long of Dr. Debbie and Dogfather Joey Villani. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.